Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here, and I am so excited to continue this series on cyber security and the things that healthcare and life sciences companies and organizations need to be thinking about. On today's episode, I have the privilege of hosting two amazing guests. First, I want to introduce you to Steph Meehan. She is a partner at Deloitte Risk and Financial Advisory, and she is part of the uh, advisory life sciences and healthcare practice. She's got over 14 years of experience leading strategic engagements, focused on third-party risk management, contract risk compliance, advisory and compliance audit engagements, and many other things helping the life sciences and healthcare industry be more cyber safe. We also have the privilege of hosting Keith Brogan. He is a managing director with Deloitte Cyber Risk Services based out of Jersey City office. He has more than 15 years of experience in developing and leading high-performing teams globally for organizations in multiple sectors, providing a broad range of cybersecurity advisory and consulting services. So really such a pleasure to have both of you here on, on the podcast with us. Thanks for having us all. Great to meet you. Yeah, pleasure to have you both. And look, we've got a really great set of questions that we're going to be diving into today. Before we do, though, would love to just get to know you guys a little bit better. What is it that got you into cyber for healthcare? We'll take that one first. Really, it, it boils down to the fact that I'm the type of person that tends to get bored pretty easily. And so I gravitated towards a field that's constantly evolving, constantly having new challenges pop up. And beyond that, I'm just very passionate about life sciences and healthcare and enabling the organizations that we work with to provide the highest level of care to their communities and being able to contribute to that is is very fulfilling. That's great, Steph. Thanks for sharing that. Keith? Some pretty similar reasoning for me. So I get bored very easily and constantly need to uh, see scenery changing. Interestingly enough, no, not where I started out in cyber. I actually started out serving financial services clients, but I found that I wanted to be able to give something back whether that was giving back to the healthcare clients that I serve and the communities that, that I work in or the communities that they serve, or that is giving back to our life sciences organizations, either in the medical devices that they manufacture or pharmaceuticals that they're manufacturing to save lives. That's great. Yeah. So some fantastic reasons there, guys. And the board part, wow. It's ever-changing. So you guys definitely pick bright spot to contribute to. And the risks are huge. So I'd love to just start diving into these valuable insights we'll be giving to the listeners today. Let's start by setting the stage. What are the current challenges that life science and healthcare organizations face related to internal and external threat detection? I'll, I'll take that one first, Saul. So what we're seeing today is an ever-accelerating threat landscape. The threats are changing at a pace where it is hard, if not impossible, to keep at pace with them. So what we're seeing today is a lack of skilled labor in the market. No matter where you go, we are hearing that we don't have the people. So when we put those two things together, and then we'll also talk about the prevalence of third parties, and, and I'm going to ask Steph to lean in a little bit on that one, the ever-accelerating pace of the threat landscape and not having really skilled people. And then on top of that, a lot of our clients in life sciences and healthcare saying, what's core to us? And taking everything that's not core to them and finding third parties that are going to go do testing for them, third parties that are going to go do data processing for them. When we put all of that together, 
it makes for a really challenging landscape to help our clients navigate. We're helping them accelerate pace of threat detection by moving from traditional means of detection where we looked for patterns of activity to now starting to look for patterns of behavior, which may sound the same, but it is it is a very subtle difference and a nuance when we start to look for what behaviors can we expect from threat actors and what does that mean for us to go detect those things. We're helping our clients both change the operating model and we're also changing the types of individuals that we're bringing into security operations. Those two things together help us navigate that in a forward way versus a reactive way. And then the last piece that I talked about is the third party piece. Steph, love your kind of thoughts on this because I know you work in day in, day out. The real challenge that I have from a security operations perspective is just understanding all of those third parties and how they're serving our clients. That's the most challenging part. Yeah, Steph? I completely agree. You hit the nail on the head there with the third party piece. Many of our clients across industries, but in particular in healthcare and life sciences, we're seeing an increasing reliance on an extended third-party ecosystem supporting critical business processes, which means if there are incidents with third parties, a much greater risk of operational dis disruption than maybe there was four or five years ago um, when those operations were being performed in-house by life sciences and healthcare organizations. And so third-party risk management programs need to shift their focus from a, a compliance perspective to be more uh, proactive in managing operational risk and um, mitigating or reducing risk of disruption to, to key operations. The other thing I'll say on, on the third-party risk management front is we're seeing uh, a lot of noise in the industry around assessment fatigue, frustrated business partners, long cycle times for performing third-party risk assessments, and just that overall feeling about a check-the-box program for third-party risk management. So really needing to shift the focus from that compliance-driven approach to more operational resiliency. And so I think that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more as we get into the content of the conversation. Yeah, some really great points there, Steph and Keith. And, and so you guys have the benefit of looking across the landscape of organizations. How are organizations responding to these challenges? I'll jump in there first, Saul, and I'll talk a little bit about the cyber threat landscape. I alluded to it a little bit just before as to some of the ways that, that we're responding. The biggest one is a shift in the operating model. That shift from being in this reactive mode where we were looking for things that were very prescriptive. We're looking for a brute force attempt against a, a server where a threat actor is trying to log in with Keith Frogan and some password that he thought four or five times. And we can write a use case around that and say, we're looking for this type of thing to looking for threat actors that probably already know Keith Brogan. They probably did something to Keith Brogan to get his password or a likely part of his password. We've heard about breaches of third parties over the last year, password vaulting third parties. They have this information. Now, maybe they're logging in with a password that I used previously. And if we don't have good hygiene around stuff like that, then now they're very likely to get in. But do we have behavioral things that can sense when, hey, you know what? Keith logs in every morning between 
8 a.m. and 9.30, and he's always coming from the same place in New Jersey, or he's very likely always coming from the same place in New Jersey. That is a very different approach to being able to drive visibility into potential risk than we're looking for this brute force logging attempt that we were 15 years ago or, or even five or 10 years ago. And a lot of what I do on a daily basis is help our clients think about shifting those operating models. So the operating model is a huge piece of that. The other big piece of that is really driving intelligence into security operations and, and business operations. So we talk about behaviors, we talk about threat actors. What we really need to do is to understand the behaviors of those threat actors, what we call TTPs, and understand how those TTPs play out across our environment. If we can drive visibility around how actors behave, we can take that behavioral visibility and we can push that into not only what we're doing from a security operations perspective, but what we're doing from a third-party risk management perspective. And we can say threat actors are very likely to, based both on past behavior as well as opportunities, go after our third parties or our clients' third parties that look like this. And I think that's a great segue to, to some of the work that Steph helps our clients manage. Yeah, Keith, exactly right. It's all about challenging the current operating model and challenging the way that our clients and, and the organizations that we work with have been operating their third-party risk management programs. Historically, an organization makes a decision to outsource a process or engage a third party. They're doing that initial inherent risk assessment, performing some due diligence and probably filing away that assessment and, and not really looking at it or revisiting it for some time over the course of the relationship with that third party. What we're doing today is really encouraging the organizations that we work with to have a, a full feedback loop into their third party risk management program, whereby they're analyzing incidents that have taken place or issues that have arisen with their third parties going back to that intake and inherent risk assessment and due diligence to figure out, should we be changing the way that we're approaching upfront assessment and risk management with this third party? Do we need to be sending them a 300-question questionnaire to effectively manage risk with this organization? And a lot of the, the companies that we work with are realizing that the answer to that is no. Instead of that kind of very linear view of third-party risk management, how do we supplement external data? How do we modernize this program and incorporate machine learning and natural language processing to make these assessment processes more efficient and also provide that real-time or near-real-time monitoring to be able to identify and respond to third-party incidents more effectively and provide that level of operational resiliency that was demanded today. Yeah, the bottom line is it gets back to the just rethinking operations. Absolutely. Fantastic. And a lot of themes, folks, that are coming up in the conversation today. If you had a chance to listen to our interview with Raj and Tiffany, you'll hear s several themes around the operations and thinking about operations as part of that, that core competency. And, and Steph and Keith, you guys are giving us some great tidbits here that, that are actionable and things that these organizations face with these very harsh realities. And they could do something with this in the spirit of doing something with this, how can advanced technologies help in each of these cases? Yeah, and I'll start on this one, Keith, because I think it's a little bit of a segue from what I was just discussing with kind of challenging current approaches to third-party risk management programs. But 
To also go back to the earlier point about availability of scaled resources and having the right folks within your organization focused on third-party risk, I think it's quite a bit about how can you use this technology to do more with less. And the example I just gave before around natural language processing, are there ways that you can ingest and validate third-party control assessments and reports to reduce the time required to, to review a vendor security questionnaire and redeploy the resources that would be going through that questionnaire to support more continuous monitoring or risk mitigation? And perhaps uh, incorporating machine learning to look at that publicly available information or external data sources to illuminate some tiers of suppliers and map those risks to different vulnerabilities within different parts of your organization. All of this right now is either not being done or being done in a very manual capacity with FTEs that many organizations struggle to retain. And so being able to incorporate some of these advanced technologies will allow them to enhance their programs while not necessarily having to increase um, headcounts, which we know has been quite a bit of a, a struggle for many of our clients. Keith, anything to add on that front as it relates to the, the advanced technology aspect? Yeah, absolutely, Steph. I think some great points there. And I have a couple of things that are very similar to pieces that you mentioned. I'll talk about data first. Traditionally, one of the challenges that, that we have had is just the massive amount of data that organizations generate today from a security operations perspective and having something to be able to sift through that. In the early 2000s, um, when I was first starting out down the what we call the SIM, the security information event management world, we had to pick exactly what data we wanted because there we didn't have enough capacity of the SIM system itself to be able to process all of that. Now we find ourselves in a position where our tools have adequate capacity in most cases. But harnessing the, the sheer vastness of the data that organizations create today and being able to sift through that to send the right data to the right tools has been challenging. But we're now to a place where we have data storage tools that can help us. We have ingest tools that can help us. And we have really powerful analytic tools that can help us. And then we start to wrap those tools up with what we call security orchestration automation response or SORS. And we can partner those pieces with a ticketing system so that when an analyst now gets an event that they need to look at, we've built in all of the pieces of context that they need. We're telling them where that system is. We're telling them who that user is and what they do for the enterprise. We're telling them what kind of data is on that system that's in question. And we're telling them in a lot of cases, here's what the machine has determined it thinks the problem is. We just want you to validate that. That's a very different position than where we were just a few years ago where we were still pushing disparate pieces of data at our analysts and asking them to make a decision. The good tools today allows us to prepend those decisions in a lot of cases. I'm also going to talk a little bit just about the analytics tech that is out there today. The analytics tech that is out there today are a lot of purpose-built techs. Early 2000s, even into the 2010-2015 time range, we saw SIM systems. Now we have purpose-built analytics systems. As an example, there are purpose-built analytics systems out there that are driving visibility into insider threat. They're really focused on that. There are other 
analytic systems out there that are really focused on infrastructure type events. It allows us to build an ecosystem of very specially built tools and kind of wrap it up with that security orchestration automation and response and then drive that visibility to our analysts. So instead of getting something that is generic or pieced together information, we're now wrapping all of that stuff together. We've built in some level of machine learning to reduce out the false positives. And if done, we're getting our analysts something that they can very quickly make a decision on to say, that's a problem. I need to raise this thing up. Let's go focus on this event. And then the last piece that I'll talk about is you heard both from Steph and I challenges around people. We're really looking every day for things that are going to reduce time. And you heard a little bit about sure and reducing time from an automation perspective. One of the hardest things for us to do in security operations is to validate the efficacy of our control systems, whether that control is a process whether that controls a piece of technology or that control is an individual that is using that technology and the process together to arrive at an outcome. The hardest thing to do is to go validate that from one end to the other. One of the things that we've been focused on over the last, I want to say, year and a half now is bringing tools that might be called security validation tools or uh, breach and attack simulation tools into the mix of security operations so that we can really help our clients see the end-to-end problem set of where the breakdown is. Was it the technology failed to work? Was it that the technology worked and we didn't actually get the alert to the analyst? Or does the analyst need some training? That has become an inherent part of solving the problem of having the right skilled resources and also doing that end-to-end validation in an efficient way. Thank you for that, Keith and Steph. So certainly some things to look out for. And at the end of the day, leveraging technology to drive effectiveness and efficiency is possible. We've talked about a few ways here with Steph and and Keith's insights. Tip of the iceberg, so much more to discuss. We only have one episode, so the invitation to connect with the Deloitte team is always there. But before we conclude, I want to just give Steph and Keith the opportunity to give everyone a call to action based off of this concept of leveraging technology for cyber safety. So why don't you guys go ahead and leave us with your calls to action? First of all, and, and I think mine's very simple, and I mentioned it a couple of times already, just challenging the status quo and the historical approach to third-party risk management. Think about how you're going to actually make an impact to improve risk management mitigation related to your third-party ecosystem. And don't be afraid to adjust and change that operating model. What worked in the past is not necessarily going to continue to work in the future. Thank you, Steph. Keith? I echo a similar sentiment to Steph, but perhaps even with a little bit more of a call to action around don't be afraid to change the model. As I said, the threat landscape is constantly changing and we are tweaking our models on a near daily basis. Don't be afraid to disparage what you did yesterday and say, I'm done with this and move on to the new model. Our businesses change, the threat actors change, and that's going to be a constant accelerant for the the near future, maybe even longer. So you need to embrace change. Love it. Now, great cause to action. Folks, rethink your strategy. How are you doing it? Let's follow Steph's lead there and with key call to action. Don't be afraid to change because it may not be serving you anymore. 
There's an opportunity to dig deeper in the show notes. We'll leave links to get in touch with Keith and Steph and the Deloitte team on these topics. Steph, Keith, really appreciate you guys being with us on this episode. Thanks all. Thanks for having us.